In times of chaos and breakdown, where might we turn for guidance? To the myths, the storytellers, the wisdom keepers and the rabble-rousers. To the ones braving the seas of uncertainty, not with answers, but with poetry, beauty, and well-crafted questions. I'm Ian McKenzie, co-founder of the School of Mythopoetics, a place to gather with like-hearted folks to navigate the mysteries together. And this is The Crow's Nest, where I speak with an array of guests who are employing their mythic imagination to engage with the tempest of the times. You're invited to join me live on YouTube each week. Visit schoolofmythopoetics.com slash podcast to learn more. And now, enjoy our conversation. Greetings, friends. This is Ian McKenzie here with The Crow's Nest. This is a weekly look, weekly mythic take on the times that we're in. And uh, this week, I'm delighted to be joined by a guest uh, who's been a prominent presence at the uh, Fairy, Creek, Fairy Creek happenings over this last, uh, at least, I think, about two years or so. And uh, we're going to d- jump in really quick, but um, I'm going to say a few words first about my guest today, Auntie Rainbow Eyes. Hearing the call of the forest and following instructions from elders of the territories, ancestors, and spirit, Rainbow Eyes has been a key defender of ancient forests on Vancouver Island, including the old, vo- or old growth forests of Fairy Creek since 2020. Rainbow Eyes is a Hatmat Yas stewardship network guardian for the Denext Equilet First Nation. She has worked for four years as a guardian in Night Inlet, where she helps to protect the lands, waters, wildlife, and cultural values for future generations. And in June 2022, this year, she was named a deputy leader to the Green Party of Canada. And so, welcome, Rainbow Eyes. Hey, Ian. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you as well. A bit more context for the uh, the listeners and the, the viewers that um, I believe we first crossed paths, I think it was it at Ferry Creek and the, the one visit I did, in, it was early April when I was there also to gather interviews uh, with folks, including um, Shamba, as well as yeah, to be there on the ground and see what's happening. Uh, I've also interviewed Elder Bill Jones, who's been obviously a big uh, presence there, uh, and Grandma Losa uh, uh, for another event. Um, this was the Heart of the Feminine that we did last year. So I feel in some ways I've been trying to reflect through through media as much as I can and support you know, what's gone on there at Ferry Creek. Uh, those are listening as well. A little further context, if you haven't heard, it has been a, a major sort of global uh, event, I think, in some sense that, you know, I had folks reaching out from all over the world saying, uh, well, you know, what can I do to support? Uh, and it has now become, I think, the longest running Canadian um, sort of civil action, I suppose, I, might be one way to say it, uprising uh, on behalf of the of, of the forests of the, the planet. And also, I think the many, the most arrested, I believe, as well for any kind of public action. I mean, there's some metrics to give maybe a sense uh, to the listener, at least from that side. But I'd love to hear from you uh, uh, in that regard too. You know, where are you at now with with what's gone on, what's going on with the movement? Uh, maybe a little about what first drew you there too as well. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like myself, I have five arrests. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's that's what they're counting. And there's so many people that had multiple arrests and that just kept going back. Um, anyway, that is, yeah, Gayla Kesla, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, Nuku, um, Rainbow Eyes. Um, I'm a member of the Danakdao Awilala First Nation, and our traditional territory is Night Inlet. Um, 
I come from the fam the Glendale family and the um, Davidson family, and that's very important for us to first say where we come from. And it um, traditionally in our communities, we would introduce ourselves and say who our parents are because that's important. And I think it's something that we've like been disconnected with, and that's why we have a lot of the division and that we have and the people speaking out that cause problems, which we see everywhere, um, is because people speak and they they don't have the backing of like families and um, respect and the way that things are, you know, should be. Um, yeah, so that's, and at Ferry Thank Creek, yeah, <laughs> at Ferry Creek, um, I actually went there because Autumn Sky did a video and she was posting um, the artist and, you know, making the leap to face the fact that there is all, still old growth logging going on and realize that it's right in our backyard here on the island was really hard. And it took me like almost two months to finally like click on the videos that were being made and to look at them and really take them in because it's it's a lot it's a lot of heavy energy but it's it i love it that it was autumn sky because it was her beauty and her art that mm. helped me acknowledge the destruction that was happening and that's something that um i understand a lot of people cannot do because they have you know so much going on in their own lives but it's through music, it's through things like this, real conversations, art, documentary, that um, we're really gonna touch so many people's hearts. Mm. Hmm. Thanks for naming that, uh, the way of introducing it as well as the, the power of beauty. And I feel as well for me, you know, seeing uh, some of the juxtaposed images, it was actually of some of these old growth ancients, you know, before and after, you know, before as in as they've been, and then after they were cut. and the devastation was so soulfully um, just just uh, impactful that you know I wept uh, just seeing these images. And so I think for me in this conversation as well, you know, there's lots of data that could be trotted out and often is around, you know, uh, maybe the 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 sides right of this kind of complex happening, um, whether it's the logging companies, whether it's the families that depend on the jobs, whether it's the Indigenous folks there, um, you know, the council and and other folks who, you know, like there's all these factors that are going on. And yet oftentimes there there's there can be missed this like deep dimension of simply what is what is right. Uh, maybe that's one way to say it. Right. Like what is right? Mm -hmm. Like what is yeah. what is how what is it to stand on the side of beauty mm -hmm. uh, and and diversity and life in a way that is just cuts through any data about it, you know, and I feel like you often speak with so much heart, I find, around these happenings um, that I would love to hear your take on, like, what is the kind of, what is the, what's at stake or what's, you know, what is, how does, how does one see this battle in a way that maybe introduces it in a way that is beyond the, you know, simplicity of simply good guys and bad guys? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's interesting that, like, I come from a family of loggers um, it's what my grandfather did, it's what my uncle did, and my like cousins. Um, and it's a different um, view of it because like we did it small scale, our family and traditionally, and a lot of old school 
loggers do it, but the way that they're doing it now um, with the clear cutting and the way that they destroy all life when they replant and it's um, it has no heart. It's, 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 we've lost the connection and that's, that's the big problem. And the fact that industry right now has a lot of nations under their thumb and the things that John Horgan said recently in a press conference of like, you have no idea what it's like to be a nation on a reserve. It's insane. I like it, he just did an interview and the way that he spoke was so one sided because the government is giving contracts to nations and they're putting everybody in straitjackets. They have no choice. And they're taking advantage of um, people in First Nations and, and putting them all in one basket. And then they're calling us who went to Ferry Creek, who followed the call of Elder Bill Jones of the Pachydot First Nation and, and, and saying that we're, that we're settlers. That, and he, they're putting us all in a box. That's what John Horgan was saying. And he... They, saying that we're, we're, we're saviors, you know, like that people are there and they're saviors and they're talk and, mm. um, it's just so, so wild. Um, but, um, I just want to get this quote in that elder bill said, um, really recently. And he said, um, elder bill Jones of the patchy dad who invited us in to Ferry Creek to protect the, the traditional territories of the Pachidat and the Dididat. It's their old hunting and fishing territories. Um, he said, um, we need to start listening to Mother Earth again. We need to center and find ourselves. And this is, this is everybody. Um, we need to listen to Mother Earth. And then if we don't, when we don't, Father Sky grandfather sky will come in and he will make us listen like mm. and this is the thing and i think this is where we are um there's a lot of stories about when the people do not listen to spirit a higher power will come in and make them listen you know mm. um and that's what elder bill has just started saying and he's so incredible and he's like grandfather sky is going to come in and he's going to do something and he's going to make the people listen if we don't listen to our mother earth you know and mm -hmm. tune in and listen to the trees and yeah you asked in the beginning like i honestly feel like everybody that were, was able to make it to fairy creek was listening to their hearts and heard the call of the forest are listening to the amazon the amazon is calling who are listening to the people up in Wet'suwet'en to save the Yinta and the sacred, the sacred river there that they are, the drill pad is there. They're about to drill yeah. and it's, it's crazy. And the people there have been fighting industry and they've been listening to the call of the forest, but it's, it's industry and the colonized world that aren't listening. And it's grandfather sky that is going to come in and make the people listen if we don't wake up. Mm -hmm. I'm stirring, I'm stirred by that rendering as well. And I think what strikes me is the, from this, or maybe to say it like this, you know, it seems to me, and it seems to a lot of, you know, even like the research uh, and those 
um, that are willing to really honestly look at the level of destruction and the consequence that modern industrial civilization is incompatible with life. Like the way that modern industrial civilization is, is not compatible with life. So all of these questions that people have around, like, but we got to save the jobs. Like that's important, but it's like, wait, but they're not, it doesn't work like that. It, like, of course the jobs will disappear once there's no trees. And so there's some kind of, um, maybe I could call it, it's a dishonest rendering, I think, to say uh, that it's like, let's say First Nations, you know, um, environmentalists against industry, as opposed to maybe I think it's what it is, is they're for life. Maybe that's one way I might say it, right? It's like, that, but they're not against industry, but they're for life, which means that it can't be rendered in these kind of two small battle, right, of two sides, because life is is everything i mean life is where of course everything comes from she is where everything comes from so so for me it, it in that sense it's more of a it's a mythic and a moral maybe dimension that is actually at the heart of it uh because if it's rendered in data which is like again this like intellectualized colonized understanding of things you know that you can always argue your way out of it I, I find this a lot online you know people will say well you know but they have old growth they're they're lying over there fair creek you know it's not just two percent like look there's old growth all the way up here and you know, and then you look at that data and it's like, apparently it's, you know, not close to the same level of, you know, grandiosity and beauty that, you know, these particular trees are. That's the other thing, right? I find that this, these two worldviews seem incompatible with this idea that uh, like life and, you know, trees and everything are just stuff, like there's data, you know, raw materials versus spirit and alive and that, that there's actually a relationship with them. That like those two things are actually it seemed to be incompatible. And so when I looked out at Fair Creek, right, at, at the sort of at river camp and looked below, of course, at the entire clear cut, you know, side mountainsides there, it was just so clear to me. I was like, these are two different ways of seeing the world um, that that don't intersect, actually. Like and I would I would argue that one is colonized, like the colonized understanding versus a, let's call it like a relational animist uh, indigenous understanding. And I really was with that sense of like, how does that awaken in the colonized mind like how to how to awaken that deeper sense of knowing that wait a second this is actually wrong you know this is off track and i wonder for you what have been those moments where maybe you felt that sense of you've broken through you know in, in connection in a moment and you know with a police officer or or whatever it is you know those kind of magic revelatory possibility possibilities um it's been through connection um, it's been through the people at Fairy Creek and the shared um, feeling of working together for something, for Mother Nature. When we really, as a group of people, come together for a cause that isn't, isn't of, of this world, it's for the trees, it's for, it's for the magic, it's for the ancestors, it's for spirit, um, we see new colors we smell new smells we've never smelled before and this is i'm not kidding this is how we we move up and we evolve we must do this we must gather continue to gather because we are not living how we're supposed to be living the normal that we have been placed in the boxes um that we were born in are breaking and when we go to fairy creek we break the box. The box is mm. broken. Our reality is broken. We leave the cave and we see the real world. Mm. And that's happening. And I think when we 
make the intention to connect to spirit. Spirit will start talking to us through dreams and we'll start having visions. Um, and, I, and I had a vision like a couple, like a couple years ago um, at home and it was so clear and it was everything that came into my body like it was like it was like a black and white film like like um like slide view and everything that comes into my body that i touch everything that i touch every every matter shampoo bottle food everything affects mother earth like and it's 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 definite 100 everything that i consume as a human being is affecting mother earth and it's just and that's that's a way that spirit has spoken you know and and we can and i would love to hear about everybody's you know views but like we know it's possible and it can happen and these breakthroughs like that if we have the intention to connect to spirit it it, it will blow our mind we just have to be open to it so how do we get the people that don't feel it to mm. go there I don't know. I just, I know we have one life and this is an important life. It's mm. our lives right now are important to do the work that needs to be done. I, I know this 100%. We have this life. This is an important life to change the path that we're on humanity because it mm. can go two ways right now, you know, this life. And we have mm. to, we have to do everything we can this life to, to get it mm. closer to spirit again. Mm, beautifully said you know i i'm struck by the sense of um there's there's a phrase i've come across called temporary autonomous zone i'm not sure if you've heard of that but yeah to me it's it's a sort of a reckoning like what you said like when when folks come together with that certain connection to spirit and this certain way of breaking outside of a certain reality box is i think the phrasing used you know i found it as well at occupy wall street you know 10 10 years ago or so exactly some similar moments of these like breaking through normalcy whatever that was right and all of a sudden like a different sense of possibility right different sense of purpose emerged and in some ways the um like how hard it is actually to transmit that unless someone experiences it right because it really is trying to you know explain something in a way in a fashion that is actually so experiential and so I feel what you say, like when people go and they just touch that, it suddenly like blooms this other possibility. And so- But you know, then we have teachers like Finch. Do you know Finch? I no. just have to say this too. Thank goodness for teachers like Finch and elders. And that's where elders mm -hmm. come in. Finch yeah. from Fairy Creek. Like, and then we have teachers that will teach. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no, that's beautiful. Thank you. And I, I hear that as well, this function of the elder. And at least how I've been entrained uh, through my teacher, Stephen Jenkinson has spoken that yeah, elders have this certain ballast and this certain weight of memory, right? This uh, this kind of entrainment to life as well that I feel. You know, even speaking with Bill, I'm like, oh, I'm like I'm like talking to an old growth tree when I when I talk to Bill, like as in he has that. <laughs> he has, it's yeah. like a, he right. He's so he's so clear as this this channel that and he's speaking from. Sounds it feels like such a grounded place of constant invitation, right? Like just come, bring the kids you know, see, you'll know, like, once you come, you'll know, actually. Yeah. And so, you know, you have such to a, come. yeah, well, I'd love to get a snapshot now, though, again, what is happening there on the ground? I know, because there's been injunctions, and there's been seasons mm -hmm. of, you know, activism, and this and that, but I would love to hear, yeah, your sense of, yeah, what is happening on the ground now in the, in the current moment? 
Perfect. Yeah, so right now, this past weekend, there was just an incredible gathering at Ferry Creek. Um, people came together again, and they went into salmon camp, and they gathered. Um, we see, we've seen videos. Um, Lady Chainsaw was there, other incredible people. I saw pictures, and I wish I could have been there, but I have a court order saying I can't go there, which is so wrong. And it's just like... Um, First Nations not being able to go onto the land and territories is just so, so wrong. Um, Grandma Losa went there and she was harassed at the gate and saying that she needed a permission slip to go to Ferry Creek. Grandma Losa, um, an elder um, from the Klaam and First Nation. And like, she needs, like, like from an Indian agent like a permission slip, you know, like that's what they used to do. And it's just like, you know, quoting Grandma Losa, this is what she said, Teal Jones is now the Indian agent. And I want everybody to listen to that because Teal Jones is now giving the permission slips to indigenous elders to go up to Fairy Creek. It's yeah. wrong. It's wrong. What do you have to say about that, John Horgan? Like for mm -hmm. real, it's so wrong and the fact that like some of us can't go up there now and if we do i was I told by my lawyer i probably couldn't bring my drum mm. because it would cause a scene <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's yeah. seen as a weapon my drum like it's it this is truth mm. and this is this this is the system that we're living in right now and that's how and that's why I'm, I'm so happy to be um, a part of the Green Party and mm -hmm. to be working with um, Amita Kuttner and as Uma Anis, um, which is the cultural name that we made for it, and to really go in and try to change and bring in the Indigenous voice um, and the culture mm -hmm. and the elders because we live in a system that is deep um deeply colonized and it is, is missing heart and it's 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 a lot of work but yeah we have one life and i'm so excited to be doing it and i feel like this is the time and and there's so much opportunity it's mm. so exciting though mm. beautiful uh what what's the invitation then on the ground now as well like um uh, you know, because I'm trying to get my picture, my head around exactly. Is there an ongoing camp there? Is there, I know that there's gatherings that sort of are, are called, you know, specifically for certain times. So I, I'm curious to get, just get a snapshot. Yeah. What, what, what is happening on the ground there in Ferry Creek sort of ongoingly? Mm, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I, I, not much. Yeah. I know that the security, security is camping out 24 seven. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, they, yeah. They know, they know something's up. Well, I'm also reminded, yeah. I believe it might've been Gandhi who said this, um, but it said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you and then they fight you and then you win. <laughs> There's something along those lines. I feel that, um, you know, that these waves, right. Of, of kind of, you know, the fact that your drum is seen as a significant cause for concern <laughs> is really telling, obviously like, a. uh, um, an offering of spirit there, you know, the, the power of the drum to bring together, to actually awaken, right, in the face of, of forgetting. It seems so powerful. Yeah, um, it was the I, drum on the front lines that really woke, that really 
touches people's hearts and gives people um, their own innate power, their sovereign power. It's the drums on the front line that the RCMP didn't like because it's the drums that mobilized and give, and, and, and it was a backing of spirit to the people of, who were working for the trees. And it was the RCMP that confiscated my drum because the sergeant couldn't take the power. I'm not even like fibbing or, or lying. I, I, it really, they could not handle the power of the drums. And it's just so, so telling of, of, of mm. you know, what we're up against. It strikes me as well then that these, like these flashpoints um, that are again about very specific places. Uh, and at the same time, of course, they connect to a, a broader, um, you know, collision, one could say, between uh, indigenous uh, wisdom and place-based, you know, stewardship. Uh, and then, of course, industry that wants to continually mine or excavate uh, or dig uh, or burn or extract more and more places, uh, right? All, of course, all around the world, because there's some recognition, it seems, to this idea that, well, to the colonized mind, the modern industrial mind, well, we need more because there's more need. Right. So we have to have more. Right? It's this constant kind of more mm -hmm. and buried in there somewhere, I think, is this uh, assumption that when we have enough, we meaning uh, like the colonized uh, structures or the organism, one could call it when we have enough, we'll stop. But that's never true. Right. Of course, it's never been true. You yeah. won't stop like the, the colonized understanding of ways will never stop because it's trying to fill something that the stuff that the thing or the, the spirit that it turns into stuff will never fill. And I wonder if you might speak to that. I mean, you know, in a grand way, in a sense, but also to the individual way, the same structures operate, right? The same sense of, okay, I always need more. I always need to fill. I always need to distract because of what, right? There's this as uh, un, unawares, uh, you know, this whole, but I wonder if you might speak to that as well. Like what is it that could truly meet that need, right? That actually, I think people are actually longing for yeah that's so that's so good it's like it's it's spirit it's that connection um <clears throat> we we have all the instruction that we have and the world is so good at distracting us and um work pay bills um eat sleep um drink you know, like there's so many distractions. Um, but like our ancestors are all around us and they want to help. They're just waiting. They're waiting. They're literally out there just like waiting. Mm. We have distractions. But yeah, and this the instructions are inside of us. Um, that's that's it's in, once we connect, once we quiet, once we connect to nature, once we stop buying all our food and we start growing our food and reconnecting to spirit in this way. That's another big thing um, to touch spirit through the food we eat and really watch what we put in our bodies. Um, the 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 instructions will come they will come naturally mm. thanks for that what do you 
hope to create or what is the impact through particularly through the green party right you've now been named as a deputy leader and what does it look like to you um because i've thought about this too right like what does it look like to actually have indigenous voices and perspective at the political tables that they should be uh and how might that impact again what, what decisions are made or how things are considered and so i wonder for you yeah what do you hope to achieve or see within this position that you've been granted, offered, stepped into. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear a bit about that. Mm. Well, like it's a little bit of a like, like difficulties, just like any anything. Um, to raise the indigenous voices in a good way, um, it will it will take a lot of coordination. And but it's happening. Um, like, and especially within the Green Party, I've talked to such beautiful people in IPAC, which is the Green Party's Indigenous People Circle. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people, beautiful people that I know who want to, who, who I've asked to come on because I know their voice is so wise. And it's a process of um, figuring out how to do it, you know, because this has never been done before. So, and I think that's the thing, like we keep failing and we keep getting into arguments, especially at Ferry Creek. It was like it, there was division, but it's never been done before. Ferry Creek was the epicenter of change on the planet, like in, 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 in all of our time. More change happened there and learning than anywhere. And I think the same goes for the Green Party because the heart is there. Like we've met so many beautiful people in the there, the people in the Green Party were at Fairy Creek. Like it's it, they they're for environmentalism. And the fact that they are really are, you know, they're learning how to really look for the indigenous voices. It, it's, it's a learning curve, just like, you know, any, anywhere else. Um, but I think the intent and the heart is there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the questions that I asked, like really early on is um, like, is there a space for spirit in politics? And it, it's, it's, that's never been done before. So mm -hmm. I think, that transformation, I hope, will happen. And that's why I got into into the Green Party was because Amita Kuttner, um, the interim leader, spoke about community and building community in ways that I didn't think was possible in politics. So it, it, the, the change is happening. It's just slow, painful, and like crushing. And it's just sticking it out. <laughs> And like, like, you know, the front goose can't fly at the front forever. The front mm. goose has to switch out because it's crushing. But then there's beautiful people. And this is like a gift from spirit. There's always beautiful people that will come and take that place. And that's just something that we have to learn how to trust because it, it's crushing. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for speaking that truth. Um, I'm struck by... Uh, you know, whenever I connect to with these from these movements or these moments, right, from inside, that they're so different than how they're portrayed on the outside often, right, with media um, and how they're, they're just sort of caricaturized as these very simplistic, you know, battles of, of what's going on. And I'm thinking of like the, the mainstream media coverage of, you know, say Fairy Creek. But how do we invite 
folks to recognize when these transformative moments are actually happening. Like, cause that's now how I'm, I feel like I've, uh, I'm alert in that sense. Again, through, through experiences like Occupy and others where I was like, oh, okay, this is another bursting of that, you know, the veneer of it's, it's all fine. And folks are coming together in these transformative imaginative moments. And it's almost like I, I keep before another one happens. I know, and again, Fairy Creek's ongoing, it's changing into a different chapter as well. But also all around the world, right? These these bubblings, these bloomings happen. It's like, how do we how do we just entrain people to say, look, do you know what you're looking at? You know, and how do you support? Because when another wave comes in, it's like it's so vital to support in any way that you can. Because otherwise, you know, the wave goes by. And then I think of Lao Tzu's quote, uh, if you don't change direction, you end up where you're going. And uh, you know, mm -hmm. modern modern industrial culture, that's I feel what is it's headed in a very clear direction now. Like as in, it's very undeniable what direction it's headed in, which is off a cliff. Um, mm -hmm. And so, if we want if we want things to change, well, then we have to be willing to uh, recognize these transformative moments, right? When when these flowerings of possibility and uh, indigenous like clarity and and mm -hmm. courage comes through, to be like, whoa, okay, yeah, we got to get on board with this. Yeah, yeah, and like, let me say, like we we hopped on the wave at Fairy Creek, like we got on the wave, we got in the train. Um, we followed spirit and now we cannot keep up with our lives. It's going so fast. We're on spirit train. Like we are <laughs> on spirit train and it's fast. And I love to say that because like we cannot keep up. Um, spirit keeps bringing us stuff and bringing us stuff truly um, because we've listened to our hearts and really um, our intention is to, to do the work of spirit and it's 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 a hard thing to do um with an open heart um and to stay on that path because we just we just bump into each other naturally so often we just bump into each other and um there's so much healing that needs to take place in the world um but then again that's why we were born right now we are we, we we're spirit like we were born to come into this time and bring in our light like it's 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 i don't know and and we're not told that in school you know we're, we're we're not told that we're not we have to learn it on our own and we have to just like you know a lot of our people the first people of canada like we experienced a cultural genocide we did um and to find our culture and to find our teachings, we have to search it out for a lot, lot of people because it was so much was taken away from us. And that's the same for humanity. It was taken over by the colonizer, but it, it's, it's an intention, you know, to find the path and to find the teachings. Um, and they're there, they're there, they're there so, so, so strongly. Well, Rainboys. Thank you for being such a beacon of, uh, of clarity and color as well in uh, bringing that, that rainbow spirit, you know, to, to this invitation for folks to connect again. Yeah. To connect with Fairy Creek, to see what's going on. Uh, and also to connect with that place in themselves that like wants to um, ride the spirit train and knows that it's, it is the, it's the work of our time. Yeah. Yeah. And we can only do it together. You know, like we can only do it together. We talked to a lot of people that couldn't make it to Fairy Creek. And they're like, we wanted to come to Fairy Creek. We wanted to, we just weren't able to. But like, and then they start figuring out how to help where they are. And there's 
many different front lines. It's not just the front lines at Fairy Creek. There's many different ways to be on the front lines. And that's what we're learning. Mm -hmm. As long as we're, we do it together. Yeah. You too, Beautiful. Ian. Thank you so much. <laughs> Gail Kessela. It's mm. been really good. Beautiful. Well, for those listening as well now and uh, in the time to come, I'll put in the show notes links to how to connect with Fairy Creek, uh, how to follow your uh, Instagram as well, Rainbow Eyes again, because you're always posting about stuff and around this. And it's a, it's a beautiful transmission from the spirit train. So once again, yeah, thanks for your beautiful time here today and sharing us, with us. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crow's Nest. Please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends. To learn more about the School of Mythopoetics and attend our upcoming events, visit schoolofmythopoetics.com.